This podcast, number 815, with author Jenny Lee, is brought to you by Jamie Reno, author of the revised edition of the book entitled Hope Begins in the Dark, Lymphoma Survivors Tell Their Exclusive Life Stories. Please listen to Jamie and Greg as they talk about lymphoma and survival. Jamie shared his life story and his years of living with lymphoma in navigating the healthcare systems, treatments, and the psychological issues that one dealing with lymphoma needs to know about and better understand. In this book, Jamie brings together his most diverse group of lymphoma survivors to date to share their compelling survival stories. They have each taken charge of their cancer treatment. They have decided to fight with determination and compassion. Above all else, this is a book of hope. If you want to learn more about Jamie Reno and his works, please visit his website at www.hopebeginsinthedark.com That's H-O-P-E-B-E-G-I-N-S-I-N-T-H-E-D-A-R-K.com And now, please enjoy listening to our featured podcast, Greg's interview with author Jenny Lee about her book, Spark Change, 108 Provocative Questions for Spiritual Evolution. Happy listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I have Jenny Lee joining me from Hawaii. Hey, Jenny. How are you? Hi, Greg. It's good to have you back on Inside Personal Growth, this time for a video chat. I was just telling Jenny, we're getting more and more of those. The channel is growing at YouTube. So we appreciate having you on, Jenny, and waking up so darn early to do this and get you. You look wonderful for somebody that's up at 6 a.m. and only had 15 minutes to get out of their pajamas. (laughs) So it's all part of it. So you know what? I thought you'd have the yoga clothes on, but you don't. So here we go. I'm going to let my listeners know a little bit about you. Then we are going to get into talking about your new book, Spark Change. Okay, and this is 108 uh, provocative questions for spiritual evolution. And believe me, in doing my review for this, this this book would be something to keep by your bedside and contemplate. Certainly get a copy of this book, everybody who's listening. She's got other books as well that we'll tell you about. We'll also put a link to a previous interview uh, that Jenny did with us. She's an award-winning author of True Yoga, Practicing the Yoga Sutras, for Happiness and Spiritual Fulfillment, and Breathing Love, Meditation and Action. She's a recognized expert in the field of yoga therapy and spiritual living. As a certified yoga therapist, she has taught classical yoga and meditation for more than 20 years and coached private clients in their practices that integrate life, spirituality, mentally, emotionally, physically. Her writings are featured regularly in national magazines such as Light of Consciousness, and Yoga Therapy Today, uh, and online, and she is at Yoga Digest and Mind Body Green and many more. She lives in her, in Hawaii, as I said earlier, with her husband and bunnies. How about that? And if you want to go to her website, which we'll put a link in the blog to the website as well, it's just Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E-L-E-E, yogatherapy.com. That's Jenny Lee, yogatherapy.com. Well, you know, in this time of COVID, 
everybody's asking questions. You know, it's not, we're questioning ourselves. We're questioning what we're doing. I think there's a lot of contemplation. There's a lot of good that's going to come from this, obviously, uh, because people are changing their lives. Hopefully they're doing more yoga and meditation. But you write in the introduction that there comes an urgency prompted by our soul. There probably couldn't be a better time for people's soul to be being called than right now uh, and to listen and a need to know, a need to evolve, a need to be more. How do you hope that this book in particular helps our listeners know more and evolve in the process of focusing on your questions and less and thus the introspection uh, that will follow? Well, I think you're so right, Greg, that, you know, this is a time when more and more people are kind of questioning not only what's happening out in the world, but where they are in their own personal lives and what's important, what matters right now, um, where do we go from here, what changes need to be made personally. So I'm just so excited that (laughs) timing-wise, this book ended up launching right now because Mm -hmm. it is really, in my opinion, such a... uh, I'm hopeful that it will be such a great guide for people to um, have these questions in their hands because I think sometimes we know um, that something needs to change, but then we're kind of stuck in where to go from there. And so this book came from um, the process that I take my yoga therapy clients through. And when someone comes in in a time of transition and they're they're sort of looking for their next steps, um, often they're just at a loss and they don't even know the questions to ask. So one of my biggest jobs is to ask those right questions. And I, I love questions. And um, I know that it's really worked for me in times of transition in my own life where you know, the question asking process is what takes us into those deeper realizations. So the book is, as you said, it's 108 provocative questions for spiritual evolution. It really does um, target towards that person who is asking the deeper questions about their lives and what their purpose is and what their values are and how to express that and really embody that at the greatest level at this time. Well, you know, as a podcast host and having done 815 or so interviews, you have to be good at questions, you know, and the questions, uh, believe it or not, are so important. And I think that's why this book is important. You don't always probably think about the questions per se, unless maybe you're in a position like mine where you're constantly extracting data or whatever. So I think as a prompter, right, even as an awareness tool, the book's a great awareness tool to get people to spark change. The change process isn't easy. And you state that we are wired for homeostasis, um, that we resist change even when we want things to be different. So true of the human species. So if our listeners are stuck, can you guide us through a process of feeling what it would be like to move toward change? So, you know, there are, there are lots of meditations that people can go through. And I think part of it is about transferring words into feelings, right? And as a yoga instructor and also a meditation instructor, and you guide it, you must do that. So I thought it might be an appropriate time for us to take the words and put some feeling to it. So one of the things that I often ask people to do when they're stuck 
and we're trying to move into that more feeling state is you know, to drop out of the head where we're so analytical and drop down into the heart and the heart and also the body because we are embodied beings and yet we spend a lot of time up in the intellect. And so just a simple practice. I mean, one of the just most simple practices is to place hands on the heart or place hands, one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly and, you know, that, that sense of grounding that we feel when we put a hand on our own body or on someone else's body and <clears throat> breathe into those spaces and thus transferring kind of our attention from the mind into the heart space or the, the gut space, which also holds so much information. Um, and dropping into that place of feeling, like you were saying, where we begin to identify what's present right now. So that's always the first step is just identifying what's present in the body or the heart right now. And, you know, we, we use the word stuck. And so some, you know, often people just don't even know. They're, they're not even in touch with what's present right now inside their own being. And so to identify fear, to identify um, confusion, to identify that sense of stuck. And what does that feel like in your body? To me, that's the first step in then moving out of it and towards what it is that you're wanting to imagine and create for your life. Mm -hmm. That's that's a starting place. Well, look, just the little simple uh, technique of putting your hand on your heart and one on your belly and breathing, I think is a process because, you know, we're, there are books written that there's a new one out. It's all about breathing and it's become like a number one bestseller about how to breathe. And I think, you know, People think it's automatic, but we don't really realize how important it is when we can take in full breaths and exhale full breaths and really feel the essence of that. That's a, that's a really good feeling. Now, you have a great question around the issue of resistance. And the question is, what am I resisting? And what is the resistance telling me? And I think with covid in particular, you know, whether the show isn't about COVID, it's about your book, but it is about the resistance that people are having, the anger, the frustration, the fear, the anxiety of, you know, where is this thing? Is it, Am I going to catch it? You know, um, and so contraction occurs. And then when contraction occurs, resistance occurs. Um how would you advise our listeners to notice the resistance and to find ways to move beyond the resistance to change? So I think it's really interesting. All those words that you just mentioned, the feeling words, you know, fear, anxiety, anger, all of the things that we're feeling about the outer situation. To me, they all boil down to a sense of feeling powerless and we don't like to feel powerless. Um, and we are, in many ways, powerless to change what's happening with the virus or what's happening in the outer world. I mean, yes, we can take steps. We can vote. We can be politically active. We can step into roles of um, external action that are meaningful to us. And I think that's super important for everyone to do in their own way. But, the, but we have to get beyond the feeling of 
powerlessness that lives within us that triggers those sensations like fear, anxiety, anger, depression. Mm -hmm. um, so the resistance first, we're, we're on the word resistance, and really the, the resistance is to look at how we feel about being powerless because no one likes that feeling. This is something that I've really looked at for myself in these last months. Um, you know, projects that I've worked on that are falling apart. Many people have had this experience, you know, they're out of their jobs, their, their projects are, are falling apart. And um, so people are just experiencing this in so many different ways. But I think the sense of powerlessness is definitely probably fairly understandable for most people. And so we have to shift. Um, from- what, about the, what about uncertainty? I mean, I think powerlessness is a really good word. Uncertainty is it. And being able to be with uncertainty and powerlessness. So, you know, right. when, when you're resisting, you're using all that energy to just push what you don't want away when really there's a lesson from this, right? Exactly. But, and that's, where and I that's the key. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is what is the lesson that people are supposed to take from it? Well, to me, the lesson is that we have way more power inside than we think we do. Mm -hmm. And so when we stop looking at the outer world and what's wrong out there in our opinions, and we go inside and we say, well, what can I do internally to change my consciousness? That's when inevitably things start to shift externally as well. And that's mm -hmm. where the power lies. The power lies in our own awareness and our own consciousness and how we're walking in relationship to the things that are happening externally. And so this is, that's how we get beyond the resistance to the cir circumstances or to the uncertainty. And we stop feeling a sense of powerlessness because we, we reclaim it for ourselves in our inner work. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between let well, let's just say letting go and surrender, right? Um, surrender is a really important thing, but that doesn't mean that you're helpless and hopeless. It just means you're working on the things that you can do something about, and those that you can't, you're letting go. And much of what people are experiencing by the news is stuff that they don't have control over. So they, as you say, they feel powerlessness as a result. Now, you have a question in the same chapter on values that says, what do my possessions say about my prevailing values? Uh, how would you help listeners be enough, right? Because a lot of this is, is, it isn't just about the possessions, but in, in some cases right now, it might be about the loss of those possessions. You know, they may be losing money. They may be being taken out of a home and had to change some, something else. Um, what would you, how would you help our listeners be enough just the way they are without always wanting more or without the fear of the loss of the possession that they've obtained? Right. So I think so much of our identity is wrapped up in our not only our possessions, but also our positions. So the, the roles that we play in life. And so many people right now are facing joblessness. And um, so that could really be a threat to that person's self-identity, self-knowing. Um, and so you asked about being enough. And there is a tendency in our Western culture to seek for more and to add more um, 
through possessions into our status and our identity. But it's so important and, and such a critical element in the spiritual journey, in my opinion, is the, the shifting of our identity from the human um, roles and positions and possessions to the spiritual self, which is non-dependent on any of that, which is always enough and perfect as it is, regardless of what's happening in the human sphere of things. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a re-identifying of self that we're, we're being asked to see, especially when we're in times of crises. Yeah, in this human condition. In other words, we're, you know, uh, there, there was always that st- saying, am I a human being having a spiritual experience or a spiritual being having a human experience? And I think if you just flip it and you say, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, all of these emotions we're talking about, when put into the context of spirituality, take on a new purview. In other words, there's a new view of this. And when you mention the word surrender, you know, that really plays in here because if we know ourselves as that spiritual being and our human experience is shifting, but really as spiritual beings, we are channels for spirit. So that might be coming, spirit might be wanting to come through us in a different way. And so that to me is the surrender. It's really the getting the ego out of the way so that spirit can manifest through us in ever-changing ever-evolving new ways. And maybe we don't even see what that looks like yet, but it's the willingness to be available to it and to not stand in the way through gripping on to a certain old view of ourself. Well, being open to it and then doing the practices that continually keep the channels open, which would be meditation, yoga, any kind of practice that would help contemplation doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. If you're not into yoga and meditation, fine, then take, some time to contemplate, write, journal, do whatever. Now in your well, chapter, in, yeah. Yeah, introspection, right? This is yeah. what this book is about. It right. is taking that time to go inward and ask these questions. Right. And ask these questions, but then have some action after you ask the question. So in your chapter on beliefs, which is, is a big one, uh, you write that our recurring thoughts reinforce the energy they would hold every time that we allow them to uh, play on our minds. Now, you state that by continually thinking in a certain pattern, a belief bro- blueprint is formed in energetic realm and a neural pathway is created in the brain. Now, neural pathways have to be, wh- however you're wired and fired right now, you have to learn how to change that, right? What advice would you give the listeners about the power of negative thinking and ways to eliminate those patterns that are actually firing and wiring the brain in that same old way. They're, they're got a belief and it becomes their reality. You know, I love what Byron Katie used to say, is it true? Is it really true? Right? So, you know, half the stuff that you think is not true. Half, more than half, 99% of it. <laughs> For sure, right? So that is a wonderful kind of question to ask oneself, is this true? Is this really true? I would also ask, you know, where did I first get this belief and kind of track it back to maybe an experience that started that belief? Because I believe that we have um, kind of a circular experience of belief. Belief creates experience. Experience reinforces that belief. 
and around the circle we go. And the belief then creates the next experience. And so it just is a self-perpetuating cycle and we have to interrupt that cycle. And the only place that we can interrupt it is at the point of belief. And of course, the, the, the realm of thought is the causal realm. It's where we begin or initiate manifestation. So it's there where we can interrupt these cycles of negativity that we've gotten ourselves into. So first I would ask where, where it began. It's kind of interesting to see what triggered it, but then recognizing that we don't have to continue perpetuating it, It, but it's a habit to break. You know, our thinking is as much of a habit as our, our outer actions. So we do have to take, as you said, action steps to break that inner habit. Yeah. And, and when I was taking my course in spiritual psychology, we used to have a bumper sticker that we put on our cars. It says, you don't have to believe everything you think. And so the reality is thinking doesn't mean that it has to become a belief just because you've thought it. Now, question number 22 in the book, and we're not going to get to all 108 questions, but we're going to go around and find good questions to talk about. Why is my limited, what is my limiting belief pattern? So limiting beliefs go along with what we were just talking about. How would you advise our listeners to change limiting beliefs? Well, again, I mean, it's just, it's also like a negative belief, right? It's, um, you identify it first. And I think this is where writing is really helpful. So sometimes I'll do a process with clients where I have them, um, speak as their soul self and speak as their human self. And so we do a line down the center of the page and um, maybe the soul, the human self with the limiting belief says X, Y, Z, and then the soul, which is the intuitive part of self, the, the higher wisdom comes in and says, yes, but you know, ABC and presents a different point of view. And then you go back and forth and you start to see that there really is more than one way of looking at a situation. And I believe that everyone has this inner wisdom and that it just takes time and it takes processes to tap it. So something like that would be for me, a good way of beginning the work on a limiting belief and kind of, um, breaking it down and then recognizing that there are other ways of looking at it. I think Another also way. I think also that self talk, you know, because right. what happens is the you know the monkey mind, the same thing that interrupts us when we're trying to do our meditation, is saying, "Hey, you should be doing something else," or "Why are you sitting here?" or whatever it's telling you. Right? That that self talk, no matter what it is, is is interrupting you being able to make the connection to a higher spirit, and it's getting in it's getting in the way of the frequency to open up the pattern or the pathway for you to actually be able to hear that. When you do hear it, it's a wonderful thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And it's yeah. clear. I, you know, I often will remind people that the, the voice of intuition, how you know if, if that's what's really talking or if it's just some other aspect of the mind that's having it say, is that the intuition is very clear. Mm-hmm. It's very consistent and it feels peaceful when we're hearing it, even if it's asking us to make a difficult choice or change. So it's, it's just a, a totally different, as you said, frequency when we tap that. It's very obvious. And it's not always, uh, I, I wrote a book on intuition. So it's not always, how do you want to say, 
you're not always aware unless you're tuned in, right? So the way intuition comes in, if you're noticing signs and symbols, things talking to you, the bird, the penny in the street, the stop sign, you know, you can take notice of these things and there is, it's being spoken to you. You just need to wake up to it. That's all. Now, I you state that the expression, I added she in there, he or she has lost that will to live is in you. And, you know, you say lost the will to live uh, is very telling because will is the force that directs energy and creation. Um, What are some of the tips you gave some tips in the book for improving our willpower and getting us going in a right direction when we're really super despondent and there's got to be people listening out there who are despondent about this and they might have lost that will to live or at least to live the way that they thought they could live, right? Their perception of what it should be. Mm -hmm. Well, I I hope if anyone is listening to this and feeling that way, that they will take some hope and inspiration that, um, and I would say good for you for listening to this show if you're feeling that way, because that in fact is one step towards changing that feeling because we do have to kind of move against the, the inner, um, that inner resistance again, right? That sense of despondency, not wanting to do anything. So even turning on a podcast and listening to other people talk about this is a step in the positive direction. Um, And it's just that, I mean, you asked about kind of tips. It's, it's really just take any step, do anything, anything at all truly anything at all. Read one passage that has some inspiration. Listen to five minutes of a podcast. Go outside and put your face into the sunshine for five minutes and breathe deeply. Like any little action step is is the beginning of activating the will. And so the will is built like a muscle over time and with practice. And it is all of the little tiny steps that we take each day, mentally, physically, and spiritually, that build that will to a point where we can really engage it for the bigger changes that we're needing and wanting in our lives. But it is through very small steps that it's built. So again, right now, anything, anything at all. So take an action step, go outside and breathe, do the little exercise we did, put your you know, your fingers on your heart center, one on your stomach, take in deep breaths. But the, the, the major key is awareness of what is going on with inside your mind that's spiraling you down the path of negativity. And if you can become aware, you then can do the actions to change that. And I love your statement. If personal evolution is our goal, we must recognize that what happens to us does not matter as much as what we become as we go through it, right? So in other words, we have all kinds of things happening to us. doesn't matter what it might be. Like you said, somebody's, some of these projects going by the wayside and people going, oh my gosh, um, that's not what I thought was going to happen. And you ask a question, what part of my spirit do I need to call back? What is the best way to get rid of the regret and resentment when this stuff happens, Right. So, you know, if we're to grow and we want to get in touch in spirit, 
What are you going to tell people to get back in touch with spirit? You know, just going back to the subtitle of the book, the, 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 these questions, these 108 questions are for spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. And if we're committed to that, then we really have no choice but to embrace this concept that you just brought forward that I write about, um, which is that we have to look at everything that's happening, not as we are victims of it, but that it is here for our spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. that truly everything in our life is for our spiritual growth, even the most challenging situations. Um, And that is, again, it's an inner shift. It's an internal shift from that sense of powerlessness where this is just happening to us and we're, we're, we're lost and stuck in it all to a sense of empoweredness within that we choose the meaning of this and we choose how we're going to respond to the situation. So it very much puts the, the empowerment and the choice back in our beings. Very much so. And in so doing, you have a question around radical honesty. So it's really about truth, but I'm going to call it honesty to me, truth. So in the chapter on accountability, you state, we are the architects of our future right now, and we can decide to create consciously or sleepwalk into it. And you say in question 47, you ask the reader to contemplate, what am I not telling the complete truth about? How do you think that we can become more radically honest as individuals about the events and actions in our lives that are either keeping us stuck, we already talked about being stuck, or they're completely immobilizing us, we're in inertia, and we're so fearful by all those thoughts that keep spinning around in that monkey mind, right? So how do I get really honest about that, knowing that 99% of that isn't true? Well, I, I, I'll just go back to the exercise that you asked about um, dropping into feeling at the beginning because <clears throat> so much truth lives in our bodies. And so if we get out of the mind spin that you're talking about and we get into the body and we feel what's present and we identify fear, okay, let's just take fear. I'm, I, I'm afraid and my gut is gripping with fear and therefore I'm paralyzed to take any action. Well, the first step is creating some space around that. So breathing into the fear, allowing the fear, accepting the fear, recognizing it, kind of naming it, honoring it, listening to it, taking the information from it. That's the getting honest with ourselves rather than trying to just sort of, you know, grip and go on with the day and not really look at it and not, not acknowledge it or speak to it or, or give it any time and space to, to let it give us information. So that, mm-hmm. that's part of the, the getting really honest with ourselves. Definitely. And, and I love what you say there is, you know, you just need to get radically honest wherever that emotion or feeling resides, take a look at that. And fear usually does manifest in the stomach area. You know, in other words, people say, well, I have a gut feeling or I have something's going on or they've got a pain somewhere. So much of this, as you know, as a healer, manifests someplace in the body. You know, somebody's having headaches or whatever it might be. 
And you need to look at the root cause of that. And this book is going to help you ask the questions to change much of that. Also, you can go to Jenny's website, um, which will be on our blog, and she'd be happy to take your questions, I'm certain. Um, and maybe you'll sign up to be uh, one of our coaching clients, which would be really good. Now, in our last question here, um, there's 108 thought-provoking questions. We didn't cover nearly one-tenth of them. Um, but how do we get – what would you like to leave the listeners with who are on this path of return? There's people out there that are listening that are spiritual seekers, right? That, I think that's the bulk of people that listen to this show. And they, they want to become more self-actualized. How do you believe that this book, your book, Spark Change, can help people become more self-actualized? So I think that even the spiritual seekers and light workers in the world are feeling a sense of exhaustion right now. I know I've been hearing that within my, my community, um, and I have felt it myself. Um, it's, it's really daunting times. And so what I think is important that we recognize is that this is a long game and it's really more of a marathon than a sprint in the sense that we are being asked to show up every single day, day after day after day, regardless of what's happening with our highest, most loving, most aware selves. And that we really have to look at this in terms of endurance and pacing ourselves with our spiritual practices, staying consistent with our spiritual practices. And one of the ways that I think Spark Change can help as um, a support to that is that because it's set up as each page has a question and an explanation of that question, it's the kind of book that you can return to over time. And you might pick it up and open to a question. And I think it will probably be just the right thing for that moment. And then a month later, you might pick it up and open to something else and it'll be just the right thing then. And it, I think it is something that's not necessarily meant to be read cover to cover, although it could be. Someone could really embark on that process very intentionally. Um, <clears throat> but that it can also just be something to go back to. And when we feel like we have those daily supports, uh, that's also really important. So it's important to build in um, the things with our the, the reading that we're taking in and our practices to keep us steady on our course. I say well said. I think the, the most important part is the book calls people to be introspective and then as a result of introspection, take positive action in some direction. And with that positive action, change your life, even if it's just a small teeny bit, uh, that it starts with those small little steps that you need to take. And Jenny, it's been a pleasure having you back on Inside Personal Growth again. And namaste to you and spending some time with my listeners. And so for everybody, again, you're going to want to go out and get this book called Spark Change by Jenny Lee. And it's 108 Provocative Questions for Spiritual Evolution. Uh, it is a sounds true book. Um, please uh, go check out her website. Um, and we will put a link to that website and anything else that Jenny is going to be giving you as a result of this. So thanks so much, Jenny. Blessings Thank to you. you Namaste. Thank you, Greg. Pleasure being with you.